Bang Bang. Chili Chili Bang Bang. It's me. <laughs> it's me. DDP? No. It's me, Nay Nay. <laughs> What's up, guys? Sorry, Tess is not here. What? Man, we were supposed to be quiet. Oh. I was supposed to pretend it was just Nay Nay knows because I was trying to take over, but. Alright, go for it. Nobody, I'm not here. No, never mind. I'm nobody, not here. I'm not nobody here. wants to hear me. You already heard me. Now I feel pressured and I don't want to do it anymore. Anyway. Wow. Wow. That's yep. that, that's how you respond to things in life? Yep. yep. Interesting. Yep. I mean, if you were not here, I would have been, you know, talking, but it's just Tess knows. So we're going to talk about Tess. All right? Cool. All right. Question number one. <laughs> a podcast or an interview? <laughs> no. Uh, so I want to know. How was the training session with Coach Cress? Because I know you've been wanting to hang out with him for a while and learn from him, have a one-on-one coaching session with him. And, uh, yeah, tell us yeah, what's going so, on. Um, How was it? It's always fun. Yeah, it's always, you know, every time. I feel like him and I are getting closer and closer each time we, we get together. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was the first time in a while. I can't remember the last time I went to go train with him i know the last time i saw him was at the in-house event in june mm-hmm. you know so it's been it's been, been a, few a while months. yeah it's been a few months yeah um but you know we have pretty constant communication through social media and stuff we always message each other back and forth um you know but it's always fun uh, i told some of the students in in my classes i, I forget which classes but i told them it's a little bit different now because before you know i'd show up he'd teach me stuff and now it's kind of me going and I tell him, you know, this is what I'm teaching. What do you think? Yeah. You know, and he'll he'll put his two cents in it. He'll tweak some things. And then he'll give me drill. He'll put me through it so I can kind of see the difference and stuff. You know, yeah. so now it's not just me going to him as a student and, and learning all these different things. Now it's just talking about the things that work and doesn't work and the things that he sees. It's a martial arts talk, if anything. Yeah. If you really think about it, because now you're exchanging whatever you know, whatever mm-hmm. he knows. Yeah. And he's helping you put these things together. Yeah. And, you know, because yeah. for, for those that are maybe newer and don't know Coach Crest, Coach Crest is my high school wrestling coach. Um, but he was also, uh, he's a seventh degree black belt in catch wrestling at the Duggerberg Academy. Yeah, he, he's a he. He's been doing martial arts for over 40 years, obviously wrestling Chilling. forever. Uh, and he has some boxing experience too, you know. Yeah. So he's he's a lot of help, you know. And he's yeah. so easy to talk to. He's one of the nicest guys I know. Um, and and yeah, it's just he cleaned up some stuff with the jab. He cleaned up stuff with the cross. Like nothing new, but just different ways to explain it, different ways to show it, different ways to exaggerate it, mm. you know, um, and things like that. And, and then so effective and simple. With yeah, things. yeah, you know, and still some new things. You know, I was I. I little unfamiliar with the high crotch uh we didn't work the high crotch too much in wrestling when i was in high school um and then i never really spent too much time working it uh when i started mma so i asked him some things about it and he showed me some stuff about it and we kind of worked that too so that was relatively new you know so and then the hour goes by so fast you know we he's got a busy schedule i have a busy schedule so we don't really get too much time to cross paths but as soon as we we get there it's like as soon as he opens the door he starts talking and we start doing stuff. Yeah. We start playing around with stuff. And then we blink our eyes a few times and look at the clock and an hour yeah. and 15 minutes have gone by. Wow. And we both have to, to get going to the next spot. But the one hour goes by so quick with him. 
He's like that one friend that you know you don't talk to every day, but then when you see them, it's like you never stop talking to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if we ever talked about that. The my experience what? with him after the in-house event. No, you didn't. No, that's what what shocks me the most. It was after the in-house event. You know, ever Dan Severin left, Anthony left, but then Coach mm-hmm. Crest stuck around. You know, and I went to go walk. I think Dan Severin to his car, and I come back and. He's got a glass of wine, and then <laughs> uh, I think it was Frankie that brought in a tequila bottle, and then of course Coach, Frankie. Coach Kress had just had the, the the glass of wine in his hand, and he looks at the tequila bottle. He's like, ah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he, he drinks the he drinks the glass of wine, and then he tells me he's like, can we go find that tequila bottle now? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we go um, where where Frankie was sitting with a couple of the other guys and stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we sat down and I had a tequila with, with Coach Cress and we just sat and we talked for for hours. And that was the first time I had done that. I had never hung out with Coach Cress like that. Aww. You know, I, I've known him for 16 years now. Yeah. You know, so it, it's just, it, it's really cool. It's really humbling to be with him and I really appreciate, you know, the time I get to spend with him. Um, yeah, see, again, when you don't, you know someone as an instructor, mm-hmm. you just don't know them as a real person, as a human being, and he is very humble and nice, and he was talking to everyone and bonding with everyone, yeah. you know, and then I remember when I saw him afterwards or throughout the time that we were all there, he told me that this in-house reminded him of what they used to do in his academy. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, he also mentioned that this brought him home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're going to make me cry, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I, nice. I, I don't know if it was a tequila, but we were we were sitting down. You know, my parents were there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was kind of a break in the conversation. And Coach Crest reaches over and he, he, he grabs my forearm. And he says, uh, I'm really proud of what you've done with the place. Mm. You've done... Done really good, and he, he's yeah. he's put it on social media and stuff that it really makes him proud that the the wrestlers that he had in high school yeah. are are doing stuff with it. You know, yeah. it's always you know because I do remember when I started, and to me it was gibberish when when I got there. Yeah, but he would always talk about like jujitsu and submission wrestling, and he's like, "That's what you guys really need to learn." He's mm. like, "I can't show it here because you can't use that in the type of wrestling that you guys are doing," but it's really beneficial for you guys to learn it and i never thought anything of it when i started when i got interested in training mma i was i knew he taught at daggerberg Mm -hmm. you know and i I started i got the itch to start training in 2010 and that was my my senior year i graduated high school in 2010 Mm -hmm. so i knew i knew he taught at daggerberg so i was like that would be a good place for me to start MMA. Yeah. So I had looked into Daggerberg, but they they were really, really strict mm-hmm. with um, their clients. You know, they they made you make a commitment, and if you couldn't fulfill that commitment, they would kick you out. Oh wow. You know, and I was just about to start college. Ooh. I didn't know if I I quit wrestling, so I didn't know if I was gonna stick it out with MMA. Unreliable. So, of so I was like, ah, <laughs> you know what? Let, let's not get to let, that. Commitment. Let's let's not go to Daggerberg, you Dang, know? Because now we like, know where you were at with commitments. Yeah, huh? that's exactly where I was at with commitments, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. I'm I'm a full circle guy, so I'm I'm real big with with full circles and stuff, you know. And then when separated from Victory, and then uh, Anthony and I went our separate ways for a little bit. I needed someone to train me, 
you know, so that's when I, I reached out to Coach Crest. We had already gotten back in contact before all of that drama. Um, but once I essentially was left without a coach, I, I reached out to Coach Crest and I was like, hey, how would you feel about training me every once in a while again? You know, not for, for fighting, but right. I'm running a gym now and I need help. He's like, yeah, come on over. So I ended up at Daggerberg anyway. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, see. because that's where we do all our all our classes at Daggerberg. Yeah. I'm glad you did that because I remember back then you were kind of struggling on like how like how to evolve you yeah. as a martial artist, you know, yeah. and then again your coach at the time you guys were not um speaking, you know, through life and stuff. Um, but you guys were not communicating so you didn't have a lot of guidance when mm -hmm. it came to martial arts, you know, moving forward yeah. from what you already knew. Yeah. So that was really good that you did that because now that opened a new, you know, new doors for you and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And now you're evolving. Yeah. Now you're teaching everyone else how to evolve. And now it shows with your students, you know, so that's with, pretty cool. With everything that Coach Crest uh, showed me on, on Wednesday, mm -hmm. I started implementing that into my classes. Instantly. Wednesday night, nice. you know, so... It, it was it was real quick because it just how the, the simplicity of it yeah and i was like this is so because you know sometimes you get so excited about certain things that you overcomplicate things yeah. and coach crest doing this for 40 years is just like mm, take out all the extra stuff and just do this and i was like yeah, just one thing to point out you his he's very big on basics yeah very big on big foundation setting mm -hmm. that foundation from the beginning and being good at what you do with the basics but work everywhere yeah and he simplifies that so yeah. much yeah and and you know? mark brought in manny vasquez this weekend mm. as well and manny vasquez nice. says the same thing manny vasquez professional fighter uh professional grappler Mm -hmm. uh, he came in and he rolled with the guys. Nice. Um, and then I got a, I, I had a brief conversation with him after, you know, we were talking about, you know, how he, he felt the guys. He, he was very, he complimented everybody, you know, and, yeah. and then he had rolled with, with Leo before. Mm -hmm. He complimented how much stronger Leo was. Yeah. And how much more calm he felt grappling him now. Mm. Um, but we just started talking about grappling in general. And, he's, and he told me, he's like, there's no secret move that you can do it's just the basics it's just the basics and the timing of it of, of everything mm. and i was like that's exactly what i try to tell people you know yeah. but everybody still wants to go with fancy stuff but it's yeah. in the basics and the timing of it and the repetition of it look at the last fight that we saw with the ufc with nate mm -hmm. and versus um, with, uh ferguson ferguson yeah. they did the basics yeah. it was just <laughs> Watching back and forth, you know, yeah. Ferguson threw some crazy stuff, but the fight ended with a guillotine. Yeah. Ferguson went in for a takedown, which I thought was dumb. I, I told you right before. Yeah, happened, right? you did predict that. When, I was like, what the heck? Tony's corner is calling, telling him to take him down. I was like, grappling Diaz is a bad idea. Yep. And then Bang. a minute later, he goes for that takedown and gets guillotined right away. It's like, you how know, are you but do that? it's the basics. The, the fight before that with, uh, I, I can never pronounce the man's name. The Russian man with the, the uh, ah, my bad, Hasmat? I, I don't know. Hazmat, I think is his first name. Yep, I don't know. With a two minute fight, two minutes. he took no damage. Mm -hmm. I saw on Instagram that that was his fourth fight that he took zero damage in. Wow. You know, and he just went in, wrapped him up, took him down and just started flowing. You know, he didn't try to hold on. For dear life, once he got to the ground, mm. the other guy kept scrambling, mm. and he kept scrambling with him. And so yeah. he 
got his dark strokes. You know, and, great. And those are the things that we talk about, you know, and yep. I forgot who, but one of my students said that he's like, it's so cool to see the stuff that we talk about in the UFC In the UFC. Everything works, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're it's not just fancy all the basics. With it. It's all Again, the basics. Like you see all this fancy shit on YouTube mm-hmm. for no reason. When mm-hmm. do you see it on the UFC? Exactly. When do you see never. that anywhere? Not never. You see it on videos because that's what it is. It's supposed to entertain you. Yeah. But you don't see that often ever mm-hmm. on the UFC or just any big fighting promotion yeah. or any fight promotion. Yeah. People fight with the basics. It's like, well, don't put yourself there. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, people that know that, people that have the knowledge to scale the experience, the years, like Coach Press. They teach the basic because they know it works. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would you want to change something that's so strong mm-hmm. when it works? Yep. So, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you were able to see that and, and learn from him as much as you you know, you know can. But you did mention that you, you're you not there like a, just a student anymore. Now you're a coach. You mm-hmm. know, And then recently this week, we were going um, over some of your throwback videos. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny because... You know, back then you were just a fighter, you know, mm-hmm. wanting to fight. You yeah. were just a student. And now you are a grown-ass adult, a grown-ass <laughs> martial artist, yeah? Gaining black belt, mm-hmm. now you have all these years of experience. But now you have 10 years of experience, 11 years? 12 years. 12 years, exactly. Yeah. Now, and now you're a coach. 12 and a half if you want to be. So exactly. now your perspective has changed a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want to talk about, like, some of the rounds that you saw how it is for you to see yourself in those rounds and judging from a coach's standpoint, what do you see? Um, the, the rounds that like how has that changed and evolved in your mind? The, a lot, uh-huh. a lot. And, and it's it kind of, it splits me in half, you know, because, uh, the, the rounds that I think I'm most proud of, I think are the round it would be shocking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but my rounds with Joe go. Mm. Uh, Joe was a student of mine uh, from Singapore. And then he was here on a student visa. He graduated school, so it's student visa's up. Mm-hmm. And he's, he told me that he was, he was going to go back home, but he wanted to fight mm-hmm. before he left. And I had my, my reservations about it because he wasn't the most consistent student that mm-hmm. I had. You know, he was, he was there. You know, but I I wasn't sure if he he had what it took to, to push himself for a fight. You know, so he had experience in Singapore before he got here. He trained kickboxing over there. Um, essentially, what he started with us, he was a referral from one of my other students. Mm. You know, but he wanted to learn kind of the the grappling aspect, aspect the MMA aspect of it, because mm-hmm. he had done kickboxing. So there's one day I was like, all right, you know what, this guy wants to fight. I, I feel for him, you know, because he's leaving. He's a good guy. I, I like yeah. him. I, I do like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, all right, I need to see what he's got. You know, so I told him he's got to start, he's going to stick around for sparring. Mm-hmm. And the first sparring session after he told me that he wanted to do a kickboxing fight, I did five rounds with him, not knowing exactly what to expect. But that man brought the best out of me as far as striking goes. You know, everyone knows I'm a wrestler. We just spent the first part of this podcast yeah. talking about my wrestling coach. Yeah. You know, and I'm primarily a wrestler. Mm. Uh, talk about my my old sparring days, the ones that are 
before they were recorded, all I would try to do was wrestle people, mm. you know, and then I understood that I had to learn striking because I kept getting kicked in the face. <laughs> right. So I had to understand that aspect a lot better. Um, you know, so to go up against a kickboxer, he was, he's about six, six feet, six one, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then we, think... we, we were about the same weight because he ended up, he did fight and he fought, I think at 135. Mm. And he didn't have that much weight to cut. He had to be walking around 140. And I think around that time, I was probably around 140 as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were pretty even. He was just taller than me. Um, so I was like, let me see what he's got. And it started off kind of just as a, a feeling out round. And by the fifth round, we were we were throwing at each other, you know. So watching those rounds, you know, the, the fighter in me is like, damn, I need to get back to that. Mm. But the coach in me is like, you're stupid unnecessary brain damage uh, you know because right. we we threw we threw hard hands at each other yeah. I, I don't remember which round it was but there was one round in particular i don't know if it was the last round or the second to last round there was run one round that we were going back and forth and then in one he grabbed and i was gonna bob and weave and he threw up the knee mm. and it hit me in the head you know, not in the, in the face. Like it, the did, it, it did catch me in the forehead. Thank goodness, because if it would have caught me in the nose, that would have been a broken nose for sure. Yeah. You know, but I remember his knee making contact with my head, and then I don't remember anything else because it just sent me in a. I saw red, mm. and then I just went in, and I have it. I, I'll post it this week, where that knee went up, and then my fist went flying, and I caught him with some good ones. Dang. You know, but. I'm so proud of those rounds for a lot of reasons because I never felt confident in my striking Mm -hmm. and to go against a taller person with striking experience Mm -hmm. and for us to have the rounds that we did, the the back and forth rounds was awesome. The fact that I went a little bit harder than I usually do with him and he kept going, he kept coming at me. Yeah, he wasn't scared to take a punch. That's when I was like, all right, we'll get you a fight. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he he really earned my respect with those rounds. That's good. You know, and, and... possibly my favorite rounds that i have recorded wow that's awesome um you know but like i said you sport everybody and yeah well i mean i mean for everybody like the the past training partners you know Mm -hmm. from victory the current ones it's like crazy like the fact that that's your favorite sparring round that's awesome yeah kind of feels salty on the other side (laughs) because we like we spar you what the fudge but I guess you guys will see the rounds and understand. No, it was yeah. just, for, no, no, it was just for, for where I was, you know, because mm-hmm. now, now when I spar with people, because I'm understanding of that, I'm, I'm big on longevity of, yeah. of training. You, you train I, smart. I, That's I, what it is. I, I spar a lot different now. And when I'm going with my students, mm-hmm. um, like even just grappling, you know, with the toe injury, I haven't done a whole lot of striking right. uh, the past few weeks, but I had, you know, with the wrestling shoes, I've been able to, to grapple with people. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I'm, I'm going against people that, aren't comfortable with grappling it makes no sense for me to go in there and just beat them up yeah of course you know so i went with one of the newer guys last week mm-hmm. and he was a little unsure because he he sat out and he said that he was going to sit out and he's like who needs a partner and i was like well me right and he's like oh uh, um, I don't want to go okay and then he <laughs> stood up you know we just started very light hand fighting i'm you know trying to Show him, get inside control so he can kind of see what I'm going for to see if he picks it up and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then grab his neck for the collar side. We get head to head. And then from there, I just start talking to him. I was mm-hmm. like, see how we're ear to ear, you know, 
bring your feet over and so that your your forehead's in my temple and now you got an angle yeah. and I can control me more. Yeah, she was showing him, mm-hmm. guiding him. Yep. Yeah. And then I'd go for a takedown on a single leg to see what he'd do. Fought it a little bit. I was like, all right, you're not really fighting anything. So mm-hmm. I actually went for a takedown that he might be more familiar with. It was a, it was a crumble, but I kind of went in more of like a, a double leg so mm-hmm. he could sprawl. You know, and then from there, it was just talking him through what to do from there. Yeah. You know, and then um, now I was just trying to get people comfortable with it. It makes no sense for me to go that hard with people. It, it helped Joe, maybe. I never really talked to him. Yeah. I talked to um, the student that referred him, and she told me, he's like, yeah, he went home and he called me and he started talking about those rounds and he said they were intense, yeah. you know, but he didn't quit. He yeah. didn't quit, you know, and we got him to fight and lost by decision, but he was able to go home and say that he he did that fight yeah. with us. Again, you know, now this is this is the time to say that, like you told the class this week, is like no round is ever a, not a round that you learn from. Mm-hmm. Like every round that you yeah. go through with people, regardless of the outcome, you're always learning from it. You know, you got you could have gotten beat up. Mm-hmm. But again, you're learning from it. You have to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Again, why did you get beat up? Well, this is what, what I told people is like some rounds are going to make you stronger. Some yeah. rounds are going to make you faster. Some rounds are going to, you know, give you that endurance. Some mm-hmm. rounds are just, but every round is going to make you better. Yep. You know, I do a lot of rounds with the kids in the kids class now, mm-hmm. you know, so they get that real feel and it kind of keeps their attention a little bit better because yeah. they get excited with the idea that they're, they're wrestling their sensei, they're boxing their sensei and yeah. stuff like that. So I keep their attention a little bit more. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not punching an eight-year-old the same way I'm punching a 28-year-old. Yeah, of course. Not. You know, but I'm working with the kids, and I, I'm making sure that I'm moving. I I get a good sweat. I do two-minute rounds with about five, five, six kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's still 12 minutes of moving around with these yeah. kids, you know, and it's almost even more so to make sure that I'm more controlled to make sure I don't hurt them. Yeah. And then I still let them punch me. Mm-hmm. I, it's not like I'm my ego so far that i'm not gonna let an eight-year-old punch me you know i let them punch me i let them kick me i let them take me down yeah of course you know because there's no point in me beating up an eight-year-old just for the fun of it yeah mm-hmm. you know so but those rounds are still making me better but in the sense of now i got to talk an eight-year-old on how to take me down mm-hmm. you know and i'm not just falling as soon as they make contact yeah. with me i'm making sure that they're getting the steps down yep you know so to be able to coach an eight-year-old to get through that with words that an eight-year-old would understand mm-hmm. is making me better in understanding the technique that much more. Yeah. You know, so there's no such thing as a wasted round. No. You know, unless yeah. you let it be a wasted round. Yeah. And and I'm, you know, and I'm glad that you were able to do that even with, with your own rounds. So what what's, now that you see yourself again, going back to that old you and mm-hmm. how you used to spar, like what what do you see that were the positives and or were there any things that you could have maybe you know like it doesn't say could have but I mean you were always learning but like what would you have changed or like what do you what do you see you know I think what I'm trying to do now is mm-hmm. combine the old school with the new school you know okay you know now we have a deeper understanding of brain damage concussions all these okay. things that's that's we, okay that's a good know, point so yeah. back then we didn't really care. <laughs> That's true, and that's what explains like the recklessness. Yeah. Because there's a borderline between toughness and recklessness. Yeah. You guys were tough. 
You know, but we were also you, reckless. Exactly. <laughs> like you would take so many punches. Yeah. You know? Talked about that round with Ralph, 25 minute round. 25 minute round. Of nonstop punching. Just because both of us had an ego that didn't want to say, all right, we're done. You exactly. know, because it started off as just a shadow box round. Yeah. And then now we're, we're just thinking about around. like the guys that spar often. And mm-hmm. it's like, do you really want to go through that pain? Yeah. And it takes me back to the very, my, my first day of sparring with Victory. You know, I, I don't remember the guy's name that I went with. But as soon as the round started, I took him down, you know, because he was taller than me. And mm-hmm. Especially back then, my I was not comfortable with striking. So I, I took him down right away, and I started just ground and pounding right away. And then Anthony came over, pulled me off, and the other guy was bleeding. He's like, go clean off your nose. Mm-hmm. And that was the day Anthony told me, don't break your toys. Mm-hmm. And that was just his way of saying, calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Anthony was big on it, but man, Anthony was a big guy and he threw hard too, and yeah. you didn't really understand. Right. Because he was bigger and more experienced, it's not that he was necessarily trying to beat us up. It was just his timing was better than us. Yeah. And he was bigger than a lot of us. So his punches felt a little bit more. Yeah. You know, but he would tell us, don't break your toys. We keep going. He tells us, easy on the leather. We keep going. He gives us burpees, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going too hard and stuff, you know, but it, it gave us a certain level. Like you said, there's a certain level of toughness where we didn't back down. We didn't quit. Yeah. Uh, the strength and conditionings that they made us do were absolutely crazy. Yeah. Sometimes near impossible, um, but it was to build character. Mm. You know, it was, it was to build your body can go further than you think if you put your mind to it. Yeah. You know, you might not get all the way through it, but they were pretty sure the coaches were pretty sure that we'd get further than we thought we would and we did yeah let's talk about what happened on friday Mm -hmm. with the girls so that that's that's what i started seeing and and again it's it's finding that balance of the old school and the new school Mm -hmm. you know because i would give those types of workouts those hard workouts but then i burnt people out because we were doing it too often yeah. You know, but now we've gotten, kind of gotten to the point where Come it's on. almost too technical. And now we're missing out on those workouts a little bit more. And then they get a little too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so with the girls sparring, that's exactly what I did. It was it was something, it was nothing even crazy. I told them, yeah. just a three-minute plank. Yeah. You know, and there's some attempted negotiations. Of course. You know, which... We didn't do back then. I don't know if Anthony scared us that much that we were too scared to negotiate with him. Yeah, he just did what he told us um, to. But if he told us to jump, the only questions we asked were how high and for how long do you want us to jump? Yeah. You know, those were the only questions we asked. Things are different now and it's understandable, but there, there was, I got some resistance. Some resistance from the three minute plank. Mm. Some of the the negotiations were take it down to two minutes, switching it to full planks whenever you got tired, things like that. Mm. You know, and I said no to all of them. And then eventually I was like, three, two, one, go. And they start the plank. And then after a while they started like, can we at least hear the time? I was like, no. And I'm not saying anything. I'm watching the clock and I'm not saying anything. And they're struggling and they're doing this and that, this and that. Yeah. And then I had it planned out exactly what I was going to do from the beginning. And then as soon as it hit three minutes, like right, right when it was 2.58, mm-hmm. one of the girls asked, can you please tell us how long? And so right when it hit three minutes, I told them halfway just to see what they were going to do. You know, one girl dropped her knee, 
right away and said, fuck this. Mm. And everybody else kind of held it. And then they're like, really? That's only halfway? And then it was like five seconds later, I was like, no, time. That was three minutes. I just wanted to see what you guys were going to do. Mm. They're like, that was three minutes? And I was like, yes. Because none of them thought they could hold a three-minute plank. Okay. Yep. And it was just, that's showing how far your body can go mm-hmm. when you put your brain in the right place. Yep. You know, and even the girl that put her knee down, so she's like, I'm going to do 10 burpees because I should have held on after you said halfway. Yeah, it's building resilience. You know, and, and that's that's what it was. I tell people when the, the tryouts for the sparring team with victory mm-hmm. was harder than the black belt test because mm-hmm. it was that insane. You know, it was just, they, they had us do, they obviously had a spar, they had us grapple. We had to see how many push-ups we could do in a minute, how many squats we could do in a minute, how many sit-ups we could do in a minute, how many pull-ups we could do in 30 seconds. You know, and then after all that, they had what they called the gauntlet. I can't begin to describe every exercise because I don't remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Some of the highlights were 50 burpees, of course burpees. It was 50 hand-release push-ups. Um, they had a water ball that um, it was just a rubber ball filled with water, weighed about 50 pounds. And we had to pick it up and it's like, it's like water. You can't yep. get a good grip on it, but you had to pick it up and press it over your head <laughs> 50 times. Dang. It was, uh, they had um, a barbell with sandbags down, hanging sandbags. And we had to do 50 reps. And as soon as we got to 25, one of the coaches would start push, push. The, the sandbags. So now they're swinging. So now you got to stabilize it. Oh, damn. And do 50 squats or 25 more squats like that. There was a big old tractor tire, 400-pound tractor tire that me at 125 pounds needed the help of a coach <laughs> to get that thing even going oh, damn. for me to flip it. And it was 50 flips. Oh, my God. You know, and it, there's Deadly. pull-ups, there's, there's, it was it's a like bunch a of Spartan shit. race type of thing, you know, because now you're using obstacles. That, that workout itself, mm-hmm. take away the sparring and the push-ups and everything else we just did, just the gauntlet itself was, took about 40 minutes to finish. And you had the option of not doing it, but then you didn't make the team. Of course. But you had to get through it. Fudge. 40 minutes. You know, and, and that's what we went through. And it, it was a three-hour tryout. And I was dead after it. But I felt so good because I had waited six months to make the sparring team. Dang. You know, and what I saw after that, each tryout that they had after that Dang. became a more watered-down version of what I went through. Dang. I didn't understand it, and Anthony didn't understand it. By, by the time, I think my tryout was possibly the last tryout that Anthony ran before he, he tore his bicep. And mm-hmm. then they changed coaches. I did one tryout, though. Yes. And that I was, was like the easiest. I was beyond amazed at how... Because you got the most watered-down version of it. Dang. Because when, when Felipe tried out, I didn't go. But when he, when he made the team and I talked to him the next day, I was like, what did they make you do? And he's describing the same thing that I did. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then we got to the gauntlet. I was like, that's what killed you, right? How long did it take you to do it? He's like, well, they capped it at 13 minutes. What? You had to get, it was just as far as you got in 13 minutes. What? I was like, what happens if you didn't finish? He's like, you didn't finish. 
but they left people on the team. Dang. What the fuck? And then by the time they got to yours, uh, that was, you know, they did the, I, I don't think you, no, you guys did the push-ups and the squats. Yeah, we did all that. Mm-hmm. You guys, I don't think they didn't, they didn't do the pull-ups because they didn't have a pull-up bar at that one. No. Because for us, the, the trials were at Orland Park. You guys had uh, the trials at Forest Park. Yeah. You know, so they didn't do that. And then the, they announced the gauntlet and I was there like, ah, here it comes. I get to see them get tortured. Yeah. And they did five minutes of quick feats of sprawl. Yeah, that was not. Bad. And that's what we do for the warm-ups for yeah. our classes. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is it. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that, that was telling of what, the, what direction victory was going. And it's, it wasn't more than a year or two later that we left victory. And then even yeah. the forest park victory separated from them later, yeah. you know, but that's the kind of training that I had become accustomed to, yeah. you know, with that mindset of building character. Yeah. So that's that's where that's where I came from, you know. And we got Mac that comes in and works with the fighters and stuff, and that's still the mindset that he has too. Yeah. You know. And again, I mean, I I would understand from a business standpoint. Well, I would understand again from a coach's standpoint why you will push your students to that limit, because again, you want them to push past their limitations. Yeah. And you don't want them to be weak-minded, you know? And that's what a lot of things that we go through in life represent challenges. But a lot of people struggle through those challenges because they give up, they give up so easily. Yeah. And what you show at the gym or you by you showing those hard workouts is showing them their mental strength. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're always training, right? Their, yeah. their mindset, not letting hardships, not letting discomfort get in the way of them finishing around mm-hmm. you know so i would understand why as a coach you will push them to their limit and again when they're when they're gonna fight i mean those training camps are what they were for because even with the the sparring rounds it's like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and stuff some i had a, a i sparred with someone that was six three 250 yeah. pounds yep i sparred with a guy that was five eleven. 300 pounds yeah you know I, i've uh brandon was the other round that we saw Shoot. you know brandon was 200 pounds of a pretty muscle. good muscle and he brought a certain level of intensity he's the only person that i've sparred with that had made me see three of them oh he hit God. me so hard it was during my last training camp he had wow. hit me so hard that i saw three of them wow and i was like shit <laughs> Aim for the one in the middle. Damn. You know, but never stop me. You know, with him, I tell the story because um, he's he's uh, Chicago PD. And he was getting ready for the Battle of the Badges. Battle of the Badges is uh, a, an event where they put cops versus firemen in a boxing ring. Mm. So instead of strength and conditioning one day, Brandon was going to do some boxing rounds. And Anthony told me, he's like, Sean, get your boxing gloves on. You're going to spar Brandon in boxing. I was like, I remember thinking in my head, I didn't tell him, but I was like, why? <laughs> what? what? What did I do to you? Oh my God. You know, I was like, put my mouthpiece in, put my boxing gloves on, and I go, and I was like, high five. I was like, if I play nice with him, he'll play nice with me. Yep. So I'm just moving around, I'm throwing stuff out, you know, I don't obviously want to make it look like I'm half assing the round. Right. You know, so I'm keeping up a good intensity, but I'm not necessarily trying to hit him. Quote, right. unquote. Right. 
I thought he was going to bob when he weaved. And I threw a centerline jab and I snapped his head back. Oh, and then I was like, shit. No. Now I hit him. I pissed him off. Yep. You know? And you did. his head bounced <laughs> back. His head came back and he locked eyes with me and he tucked, tucked his chin. And I was like, all right, here we go. Uh, and then we, we had, uh, they were two minute rounds. I did, I think I did five rounds with him like that. And it was just, his. It was intense, you know, and then adding the grappling on top of that, I was, this is the time that I'm still 125 pounds, and he's 190-200. Oh my God. You know, and just running around of me, hanging out for dear life, you know, trying to take him down and stuff. <laughs> That's you know, so but funny. I never, I never shied away. I, I struggled with him, you know, but I knew that was going to make me stronger. Yeah. If I couldn't take him down, I knew I was going to get the muscles that I needed to take people down to get stronger. Yeah. You know, and eventually those rounds changed, you know. He beat me up for a while, and then eventually... Yeah. I wouldn't say that I ever beat him up, but... You started giving him a challenge. I reversed positions, you know. If I was on my back, I was able to reverse the position and get on top. Yeah. You know, and, and things like that. You know, so I never shied away from rounds with him. Yeah. He was a scary man. Yeah, but no, I mean, that's good. Again, build that resilience. You build that strength mm-hmm. to keep going. And you're not a, you're not a quitter. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's like whoever just quits in the middle of the round, it's, it's, it sucks. Because, again, you have more than quitting because mm-hmm. it's hard, you know? And that's why you were able to build for all those years. And explains why today now for you is like, okay. You know, either you do this or you don't. Because again, yeah. all this negotiation just makes me think that you're putting so many excuses not to yeah. do it. And I've done it. You know, there's been workouts where I set the workouts and boom, people are doing them. And then I see people trying to find ways to make the workout easier. Ugh. You know, so that day I told people, it's like, if you find ways to make this workout easier, I'm going to find ways to make it even harder. So just do it as I told you and we won't have a problem. You yeah. know, but like the times that we asked for music, that, that's your that's your story. That's your expertise. Ah, I mean, yeah. now I stop because of that. Because <laughs> it's like thanks to that, I'm like never again. So tell them what happened. Yeah, so I asked for a song. I what I think we were gonna warm up to spar, mm-hmm. and I think we started the warm ups and we were running around, mm-hmm. and then I stopped in the middle of the warm up just so I can change the music. Yeah. And then I was taking my sweet ass time as everyone kept on running. And then out of nowhere, when we were running, I found the song. You stopped the music completely. I unplugged the stereo. Yep. And I was so mad. I was like, what the heck? And you're like, yep. Yeah. I mean, you want to hear music. Here's what it is. Like, you don't need music to get in the zone. You don't need music to spar. You know, it's no, now you're using that extra stimulus and motivation. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be that way. Yeah. So that taught me a lesson. <laughs> I don't want to go through that anymore. So I'm going to shut my ass up and I just don't do anything anymore. I just yep. I work. went the rest of practice without music because even the strength and conditioning, I didn't put the music on. Ugh, that was painful. Just because you stopped the warm up. Put the music on. Put the music on. Yep, that was painful, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, you learn somehow you, or another, you know, and that's where, again, the ones that that go through that is like, we learn, mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm glad that you kind of implement what you know from back then, because it builds your character now. Yeah. So 
if you want to share that with the students now, it, it will be beneficial. Not going to say everyone's going to be able to handle it because not everyone is built this way. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are right, they're going to stick around. Yeah. And they're going to go through it and they're going to suffer, but then they're going to stay. And that's what they ask for. Again, anyone that comes into the gym, they ask for MMA. And mm-hmm. all I ask back is that they trust the process. Yeah, you know, because there's certain people that want to, they, they get discouraged because they're three months in and they're not getting better. Yeah. And it's like, you just don't see the progress that you're making. So how were you able to get to that point when you were there? Because they, you were the smallest guy. And yeah. that's another thing too. You were 120 pounds, 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you were sparring guys that were over 100, like 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So how did you get through those times that, you know, you were getting beat up. You know, sometimes they all, like, how did that stroke you? Like, strike. Yeah. You know, they, they, you're a wrestler, so you were getting beat up in the, like, stand-up. Like, how did you get through that? As crazy as it sounds, I never really thought about it because... No? For, you just did it? For me, MMA was... That was you do it. it. That's it. You, you know, do it. And this, this, is, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. So, it's, I never viewed it as, I need to get better faster. I viewed it as... This is what it is. I'm got to get better. This is what's going to make me better. I just mm. got to go through these growing pains. But I have a whole lifetime to get better. Mm. You know, there was never, uh, well, I'm going to do MMA for 10 years and then I'm going to stop and then I'm going to go have a career and then I'm going to go do this. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to do this. It was, once I started MMA, I was like, this is, and then once I fell in love with it and decided that I was going to teach eventually, I didn't think it was going to be this fast with the teaching side, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is a lifetime now. Yeah. You know, and I was just so excited to just be doing it that I never thought about it. You know, even for my first training camp, there were days where I got beat up real bad. And, you know, one of the days that we went to Orland Park, you know, and I have just a few of my usual training partners there. And other than that, I'm surrounded by a coach that doesn't know me and a bunch of people that don't know me that I'm sparring with, you know, and I, I don't know if I told the story again. I apologize if I repeat stories because. I forget what I say, you know, yeah. but with the first training camp, I, there was a round that I I got a busted nose and I was bleeding. And I don't remember the round because, again, as soon as the guy hit me as hard as he did, I got yeah. angry. <laughs> and then I started fighting back and that was one of my best rounds with someone from Orland. Mm. Um, and he was, uh, he was already fighting. I think he had two fights at that point already, mm. you know, and the round ended and... Uh, I checked and I see the blood and I was like, I'm bleeding. And the dude just got up, didn't shake my hand, didn't touch gloves. He's like, yeah, that happens. And he walked out. Oh my God. And then that's when one of my usual training partners, David, ran in with uh, paper towels and he's wiping my nose and he wipes the mat. He's like, good round. Oh. And then he runs out and I do the second round. Oh man. You know, but the coach that was running Orland didn't do anything. The guy that hit me didn't do anything, didn't say anything. You yeah. know, but it was like, whatever, you know, David helped me that day. Yeah. You know, David encouraged me throughout the rest of the rounds, oh. you know, and that's, that's what I, I saw. And then it, it discouraged me from wanting to go to Orland, you know, and yeah. I'm not proud of it, but I skipped some practices during that first training camp mm-hmm. at Orland. I always trained at my home gym, right. you know, but with, with my regular training partners and, and that's what. I think my training partners and I felt it too because we eventually stopped going mm. and we started doing our own sparring 
And that's what got the sparring classes that we have now. Because mm. those didn't exist. Because we used to have to go to Orland. And we got in trouble a few times for it. Because once Anthony heard we weren't going anymore, he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. He's like, we're, we're staying here and we're sparring with each other. Yeah. You know, and there were some, some fights. But it was like, whatever. It was just, we did what we had to do to get better. Yeah. You know, social media wasn't as big as it was. So if we wanted to understand the technique, we stayed after we got there early and we worked it yeah you know we didn't once we were on the mats we talked nothing but mma yeah once we were done with class and we're off the mats and we're getting ready we're walking to the cars or whatever that's when we're talking you know but you got plans for this weekend blah blah blah. what are you eating blah blah blah, blah. but when we were on the mats that's what we were doing yeah. so i never felt like an urgency that i had to learn quick i never felt like there was a you know that i wasn't learning because i knew i was learning something every day because I almost forced myself. I was like, all right, what did I learn today? Yeah. You know, whenever you do something or you say something, and I tell yeah. you, it was like, all right, what did you learn? Yeah. Because that's what I went through. I yeah. had a bad training day. It was like, all right, I had a bad training day. I got to do this for the next one. But it was never, I had a bad training day. I suck. I'm never getting better at this. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. The, the thing that I love most about MMA is once you, you know, you feel like you got to work on something, you work on it, you get better at it, and then that's when you see that you got something else to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, so I focused on that. I focused on fixing one aspect of my, my game. And then once I got better at that, that's when the next thing was going to show. Mm. And then I start working on that. And then I get better at that. And then the next thing shows and then I work on that. Mm. So I never really felt discouraged or or rush to have to learn or have to get better at a certain time because I was just enjoying the process. And that's my biggest thing because I talked about it with the first fight. I didn't enjoy that process. Yeah. And I have my room. My, if I could do things over again, this is how I would do it moments. Yeah. But as far as just training goes, I I love it. I still love it. I still, and that's why I still love going with Coach Kress. I still love having Dan Severn come in and showing things. Yeah. You know, we got him coming back in October and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, and because now I, I feel like I had that relationship with Dan, you know, but I, I think it's also surrounding myself with those old school mindsets, you know, yeah. Coach Kress, Dan Severn. I'm lucky enough to still have some of my training partners from back then. Mauricio has been more consistent than he's been in a while. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about those old days and I'm at the point where I'm I'm almost going every day with texting him talking about stuff like that yeah. you know and it's just that that helps me remember where i came from yeah. and it helps me moving forward and you know and mauricio was there and he'll he'll tell me sometimes he's like the class was whack <laughs> <laughs> and then last week after class he came up to me he's like good job I like that. you know but he, I have people that keep me honest. I have people that, yeah. I have people that that saw me mm-hmm. when I was training. You know, Mauricio started the same year that that I fought. Mm. And, you know, and then he saw me climbing the ranks from student to fighter to instructor to coach to now owner and stuff. He he's been there for that whole journey. Yeah. You know, so he keeps me accountable and he makes sure I remember where I came from and I appreciate that from him. That's why I love having him around. You know, he's he's a bit of that old school mentality to pass on to everybody that didn't see it. Mm. You know, and we talked about it when we were going through the old... It started because we were looking for old videos of Carla. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then I just started finding all these old sparring rounds of me and all these old workouts. I was like, shit. What happened to all these, right? All and this then, time. And you gave me that look. It was like, why aren't you posting this Right, stuff? all this time, bro. Because, yeah. again, it's like you tell the stories, but people don't. They, they weren't there. They didn't see They it. don't know, right? It's like you got to show. You've mm. been doing shit. You mm. know, it's like I wish people. I, like when sometimes when Matt comes in, you know, it's like. I wish people would have seen Mac at his prime or yeah. see past videos. Because, again, when we see footage of you or see our coaches, it's like, okay, they did that. So, yeah, yeah. We, we're getting better. Like, you don't believe it until you see it sometimes. Yeah. It sucks, but it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, now yeah, I got a whole, whole archive of, of skinny Taz thinking he was strong back then. and yeah. Not really, but... <laughs> Um, so that that yeah. that's what that's what you guys can expect to see on on my social medias in the, the next few weeks until I run through them. It's not a lot, you know, because like I said back then, social media wasn't a thing. Yeah, we recorded things to actually watch them and see what we did. We didn't record stuff to show to, to show people or to to post it because we saw some of the angles and so it's like, like oh, <laughs> I don't want to show this shit. <laughs> you know, just because as far as con- quote unquote content creation, it's not not the best, but it's like yeah. we just wanted to see what we were doing and where we could make our improvements. That's mm-hmm. why we recorded stuff. Yep. You know, but it is what it is. You'll be able to see those on my social media pages at TazMMA underscore fitness. Yep. Maybe's Oh, I said you got some old stuff too. I sent you some stuff, no? Oh yeah, yeah. Coaching yeah. the guy. I mean, wait. No. I'm talking about like no, your your old your old nanny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hood, put some hood rat nanny is making a comeback <laughs> at yeah. na underscore mma oh, underscore cmm yeah, and right. YouTube and Patreon at na mma. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah. We'll yeah. See. You'll see some of the old school and the new school and school. hopefully a combination of the two in the coming weeks. Yep. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you all back next week. Goodbye.